All right, welcome to our uh, midweek service. And uh, we're going to spend some time talking about liberty. Liberty. No, it's only been a few days. Miss you guys. Minister Lamar did a fantastic job on Sunday. Actually, it's, uh, it kind of harmonizes what we talked about. He talked about reluctance. And a lot of times you are reluctant because you're not walking in liberty. So just did a good job. We uh, trying to think. Before we went to the airport, we, so we heard the, the whole message. It was, uh, it was pretty good. It was awesome. All right, what's going on with my... All right, here you go. All right, let's get into uh, this word today, and we're going to, Lou mentioned something that I think we want to jump into just a little bit. Let's go to Genesis 3, and we're talking about uh, liberty, being loose from bondage, Genesis 3, and one of the things that, uh, that, uh, what I got, you know, you know, I love the comments at the end because the comments at the end is all of us being used by God as he put together his message for us. And so Lou highlighted uh, the fall of man. So I just wanted to, to just touch on that just for a second, okay? So Genesis 3, we'll start here, verse 1 through 8. Genesis 3, 1 through 8. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, has God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? I mean, we're going to have to start questioning people, questioning us about God. Like soon somebody roll up on you and be like, do you like that? You think that's okay? You you know, open, open one eye and be like. So why are you asking that question? <laughs> right? And it says, uh, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither uh, shall ye touch it. Now, is that what God said? Um, let me see. Let's go back to... Let's go back to chapter 2, a little audible here. Chapter 2, uh, verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15, just so we can see what God was talking about. It says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, to protect it, take care of it and protect it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eateth uh, thereof, thou shalt surely die. Right? You heard what God said, right? right? All right, let's go back over here to chapter 3. So she said, and the woman said, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in um, at verse 3, in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, is that what God said? So she just kind of added in. Yeah, sometimes you, you, ever, you ever somebody ask you a question about something you know, and then you start to question what you know? 
Like, I think it says, you know, how you like, I think it's, it says, did it say, oh, oh, you know, like what you thought you knew until they asked you the question, right? All right, let's keep on going. It says, uh, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Otherwise interpreted, God don't know what he's talking about, right? And for God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, you're already made this image after this likeness. So you got to question people questioning if you have enough. You don't want people to start asking you questions and having you second-guessing what you already have because you already have enough. But as soon as you start to question yourself, now the average say, go, I got you now. Because once you start questioning yourself, now I can offer you options to compromise your design, right? So he says, uh, they eat your you sure be as gods. It says, knowing good and evil, which we've talked about this a thousand times here at the church, uh, that contrast with good and evil, that's reasoning. Before they, before they ate of this, evil was not an option. It was all good. It's the only time in life it was all good. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust to the flesh, lust to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, the pride of life, it says she took the fruit uh, thereof and did eat and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the, and the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and so fig trees together, uh, so fig leaves, sorry, together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, where art thou? You know the story. Well, the interesting thing is before they ate of the tree, there was something they didn't know, right? There was something that they didn't know, right? Right? Now, we live this life thinking we need to know everything, right? And so I, I was, uh, I like what Lou said last week. He said, uh, before eating the tree, they were free. But once they ate of the tree, now they knew what they didn't know. Too much knowledge can bound you is what Lou was talking about. Why? Because the part that they didn't know, they didn't need to know. And most of the extra stuff that we find out is what starts to bind us. Uh, that brings us to what Mieja talked about. Sometimes we're in our head too much. Most of the time we're in our head with what? All the, all the additional negative possibilities. As of, so we're thinking about everything instead of the only thing. Right? So sometimes we know too much. Right now, what's binding and paralyzing you in moving forward and being at peace? All the information that you don't need to know. Like, like, why are you bound when you walk outside of a room and there was a bunch of people you was having fellowship with? Why are you, you bound? Why can't you just get in your car and go home and have a good day? Because now you're bound by wondering what they're talking about. But guess what? You don't know what they're talking about, do you? And you don't need to know. Just go home and enjoy <laughs> Have a good, nice rest. Right? Right? You're like, we, uh, you took the test already and you, you're up all night. Why? You already took the test, right? So whatever grade you're getting is the grade you're going to get, right? So you staying up all night and don't change the grade because you already took the test, right? And one of the things I said at the, at the funeral is 
because, you know, a lot of times when you get in a situation, some people, if they don't know whether a person is in heaven or hell, so most of the conversation is, well, I hope they don't say that that person was a bad person. You, you know, the, the people in denial, if they think the person is a bad person, but they, they had a good relationship, they're like, you better not say nothing bad, you know. You don't know if they're going into heaven or not. Then you got some people that's offended and like, you better not say nothing good. You know, because there, there ain't no way, ain't no way that person going to heaven. Guess what? Too much information. You don't really, the person already made that decision. When you show up at a funeral, it's not about where that person is going. Because they're, wherever they're going, they're going there. Like you, you, could, you could love extra, pray extra, but they already made their choice. It's about the people in the room. Did they make their choice? Uh, my sister said, make sure, she says, she says, now, I just want you to make sure you, somehow or another, you get in that eulogy that God loves everybody. And so, so, you know, I, you know, I processed through what she said. And of course, the Holy Spirit always sits me down and walks me through situations. And so I said it. I said, um, I said, my sister wanted me to let everybody know that God loves everybody. I said, I said, but I don't think that's the issue. The issue is, does everybody love God? See, see, because he loved us, he gave his only begotten son, right? So what God has done as far as his love has already been done. But us benefiting from it has not been done. Well, for me, it's been done. And hopefully for everybody in this room, it's been done. So, So it's really about us here and our choice to what? Receive it to attach our faith to it, right? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Okay, good, good. I'm just making sure. So, 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 so again, too much knowledge can bound us. And uh, uh, Pastor Mel said last week, we want to operate in God moves, right? Uh, I, I taught a message on that, right, babe? Uh, in uh, Toledo. You know, like we making God moves, right? <laughs> right? Uh, and we put that on the, on the back of one of the shirts, right? The, the, I taught it here too. Okay. All right. Uh, so, 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 but, she, but Pastor Mel said God moves have no boundaries. God moves have no boundaries. So, so, so in other words, if I'm moving with God, I'm not bound. If I feel bound, am I moving with God? Or am I, am I moving independent of God? Right? See, I can't be restricted if I'm moving with God. Let's look here. Uh, Mark chapter 10. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. We're talking about liberty being loose from bondage. So, you know, like, like, like uh, and I share this scripture a lot. I think I shared it last week. Uh, I share this scripture a lot because sometimes we're, you know, what Miege was talking about is like, we're in our head too much. And she said it's so genuine. Like, you know what? You know, like, like it was like, it was, it, it was something that was real to her, not something that she was just, you know, I heard we're in our head too much. You ain't say it like that. You said it like, we're in our head too much. So it was revelation. <laughs> like, and, and the thing is, the Bible says he'll, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So if I'm in my head too much, I'm not in his presence. I'm, my mind's not on him, it's on the circumstances. And it's something in our design that tells us if we worry about the circumstances, you know, that's going to relieve the situation? 
We're magnifying the negative. So we're saying that drought was happening is greater than God's ability to deliver me. But we'll say, well, you know, I don't understand why this is happening to me and, and, and why this is going on. You know, I do, I'm in the word. I do this. I do that. Yeah, but how am I living? I'm living as if the circumstances are greater than God. And I'm wondering why the circumstances are coming to my life because I'm introducing possibilities that don't exist. Job, we got the Bible. Job, this, Job said the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. So I, I greatly magnified the worst case scenarios and, and, and I focused on them so much, I brought them into existence. Yeah. Right? Because I set my, the canvas of my imagination on something that hadn't happened yet that I was believing to happen more than what God was saying. Right? So the thing that I greatly, not the thing that I greatly faithed, the thing that I greatly feared, Job 3.25, has come upon me. And then we go, I don't understand why this is happening. Because you, you brought it in. You brought it in along with all your scriptures, all your word, all your prayer, all your coming to church. You're harboring a fugitive. You bringing in stuff that ain't got nothing to do with what God said. And then you go, I don't understand why this is happening to me. Why am I going through this? You know, this, that, the other. Well, you, why, why, you, why, aren't you, why isn't your mind stayed on him? It stayed on them, that, this, instead of God. Right? Thing that you greatly fear. But let's look here because we want to be with God, right? Now, now sometimes, uh, her Benicia was say, said this, uh, I believe it was this morning. Oh, man, we got all this stuff going on. It seems insurmountable. She didn't say it that, that way, but how is this possible? But if you think about it, look at all of the, 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 the stuff you deal with in school. You know, as soon as you get in school, look at all the, uh, yeah, we, got the we got the addition, the multiplication. Like each year, I was, just, I was sharing this with some pastors. Uh, was that last night? Last night. And I was saying, I said, it's all layered learning. I said, but the thing is, we don't get overwhelmed on too much. When we go to school and they, they, they gave you numbers, you know what you focused on? How to count. That was it, right, Gerard? That's it. We weren't going to hold. Okay. All right, so, oh, oh, okay. I learned how to count, but man, man, when this addition come, I don't know if I'm going to handle that. We ain't no addition was coming, did we? We focused on what we needed, the next best step. Counting. That was it. We ain't care about nothing else. We mastered counting, and we got addition and subtraction and division. You know, some people, you know, yeah, I, I'm a math guy, but I know people, as soon as they got the division, they're like, oh, here we go. I mean, I'm all good, good, good with the one plus one, but divide, division, man, is tough, right? You know? Then you had the multiplication, right? Then you have fractions. Man, I don't like them fractions, man, right? But each stage, you learned, Right? Right? Each, every, but you didn't go, okay, we got these fractions. What's, it, what's, it, what's coming next? What's coming next? You just went to the next grade and learned the information there. Because it would have been too much if you knew this was taking you to engineering, to calculus, to exponents, to Pythagorean theorems, quadratic formulas. If, if, if you knew that in like first grade, you'd be like, listen, you can keep this stuff. You, you can keep this stuff. Now, we're saying that about, about math. 
Do you know what's really the most complicated thing in school? English. You know why? Because they keep changing stuff. You know, you like stick to the rule. You know, one plus one's been one forever in math. But it could change up on you in English, right? Then certain stuff is silent. Who chose to make it silent? Why can't it speak now? Now the H is silent, right? The H is quiet all of a sudden. You understand what I'm saying? Right, so, so what I'm saying is the reason why we can read, count, without us sit, freaking out, it's just too much. I got to count. I notice you ain't got no problem with counting that money for them dogs. No problem. Right? You ever sit here, uh, Venetia, like, I just don't know what to do, Trina. Just money coming in and I got to count it. I just don't know what to do, you know? I mean... You know, I just, 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 you know, these people just keep calling me up for these dogs. I don't want to count up all that money. Leave it at 300. If, you, if somebody else, I, three dogs, that's $900. And then I got to add that not one time. 3,000. Look, look, see, she's over here going 3,000. Not have no problem going into the thousands. Right? She's not trying to just keep it at three. She adds zeros. So it's the same thing in everything else in our life. We make it, we're making it more complicated than it really is, right? Like you can't just walk outside. You got to look both ways. <laughs> you can't just drive. You got to yield, right? And then around the corner here, you got to know what lane you're in. And I guarantee you some of y'all in the wrong lane. Because you was used to turning on, on Brookshire and staying in the closest lane to get off or to, to get on 485, right? You're not reading the ground. It's telling you what lane. 45 is this big. But we over here in this lane, and then you're gonna cross the other cars and cause an accident. All because you didn't follow reading and numbers. Right? You gotta read the numbers. Right? It's real, but 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 some people, I ain't going to say no names. See, I don't know why they did this. Well, they knew they already taught you numbers, and they taught you how to read. So if you follow just the simple thing that you learn in school, you'll be in the right lane. And you follow the line. Stay within the boundaries, and it'll lead you right to 45 North. Instead of coming crossing the other cars. Pastor Mel says to other people. All right, so let's go here with, with, with Mark chapter 10. This is all going to make sense here in a second. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. It says, with men it is impossible. The other people, Pastor Mal. It says, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. See, I'm bound just with men and the limits they put on my life. Hope, oh, what they tell me. Because they'll say, why are you doing that? What you waiting on? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you believe in too much. Yeah, with men it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. See, with men, you stuck. You bound. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. You don't have to stay bound to that trauma. You don't have to stay stuck because you've always been this way. Right? 
See, we rolling with God. See, God, God, God is the God of no limits. With God, all things are possible. And he made us in his image and his likeness, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. So he made us to operate independent of limits, right? Gravity does exist in this world, but not with God. With God, you can walk on water, right? Right. Okay, so let's, let's look here at the scripture that says what we're talking about. It's been my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. Because if I say my favorite, it's like, I got a thousand favorites. But 2 Corinthians 3. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. And verse 17. The God of limits. With God, all things are possible. All right, 17 says, now the Lord is that spirit. Right? It says, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You free where the spirit of the Lord is. See, that's why the adversary tries to tempt us in the flesh. Because if, if he gets you out of the spirit, you're, he, that's the only way he can lock you up. In the spirit, there's liberty saturated all over you. Now, now, the scripture keeps on saying, this says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, this image of liberty from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord, Right? So we stay saturated in the spirit, we're free. So, so we talked about now free to, uh, you're now free to move about the cabin, right? We, so we talked about being free, and so now if you think about it, you know, I don't think it take all that. Soon as somebody says they don't think it take all that, they're saying, I'm signing up to be bound. Because the all that that we're talking about is what gets us in the presence of God. And what gets us in the presence of God frees us of devices, Frees us of the habits, frees us of the lust. So anytime I'm, I'm dealing with something that's pulling on me, could be funk, could be active, whatever, I know I just need to go deeper in God. If I'm depressed, I'm bound. That means I need to go deeper in God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Things, every, everything can't handle. Look at these demons as sparrows. Look at being in the Lord as, 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 as being an eagle. Those sparrows pick, pick the bugs off the leaves and be picking on the eagle's wings at a certain altitude. But, but when that eagle decides to go deeper at elevated levels, those sparrows suffocate. They can't handle the altitude. So look at the things picking at you in your life as, 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 as these little demons and be like an eagle. Mount up on wings like an eagle. Go to higher levels than God. Go closer to God. These things have to get off of you. Because they can't handle the altitude. But if you stop to, I can't, they're always picking on my wing. Get off my wing. Get the, why are you focusing on what you can't change at that level? Go to, you notice the eagles go to altitudes. They don't have to talk about the birds. They don't have to yell at the birds, curse at the birds. They don't even have to complain about the birds. The birds are going to suffocate. So go to a place in God where those demons will suffocate as opposed to let them, letting them keep suffocating you. 
Right? You see the difference? Remember, liberty doesn't live in safe. It lives in faith. Right? It lives in faith. And so, so I was thinking about this because we said with men it is impossible. Why is it impossible? Because men are fearful. They're envious. They're jealous. Right? Uh, and, and, and I was looking at this because I've been around a lot of people this week. And me and my wife was talking about this. And you see, when, you, when you're in the presence of God, you see people different. You know, even the people that get on your nerves, you, know, you, get people on your, you don't see them, you see that child in them. So I saw a lot of, a lot of people, I, I saw some people that, are, you know, every time something come at them, I told them like it is, right? And so, so if you look on the outside, you, you might see a post or something like that, be like, man, this dude, yeah, man, they, they, they always going in. But if you're around them and you're in the spirit, you'll see that's a little kid right there. That's their protection, right? You start to see people different. The person that's your loved one in the house, you'll look past how they're coming at you and you'll see the little boy that's afraid to come out, afraid to deal with the uncomfortable things. The little girl that's just crying for help, right? You just, you see things different. And so, so as I was navigating, because in my life, I've been around a lot of manipulative people. You ever notice as you get closer to God, people just start to try to manipulate and control you, you know, almost like try to pull you out of the presence of God. Now, it's not them because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's the people around you. And so what I realized is people live, these people that are not in God, they live in putting um, weights and they create hoops. It's like you're not free around them. Yeah, because they'll just be making up stuff. Like, when you comply to that, they'll come up with something else. You comply to that. Like, they keep changing the narrative, you know. You know, never say, like, you know, the parent really is uncomfortable because you're in God. And every time they see you, you, you're reminding them of what God has been telling them. So, they're convicted. So, instead of saying, you know, every time you're around me, I'm convicted. But, you know, I'm going to get there. No, they look at you like, there you go, going to church. Oh, you're, so, you're better than us now. Right? Yeah, but, but, but they, they, that's not really what they're thinking. What they're really thinking is, help me. Help me. And they really want to sit you down and go, why did you change? What, what, what something? They, they see you different. Because they used to get used to snap back. They, they couldn't stand your snap back. But they, they loved the fact that they had control over you. You see what I'm saying? So they're like, I can't stand what's coming out of her mouth, but at least she's, I'm more important than anything else she's doing right now. So I'll take, I'll take the cursing long as I'm the most valuable person in the room right now, getting you to respond to me. You see what I'm saying? So, so, I, so I was processing through this, and I, and I realized that if my only love from you is triggered through compliance, it's just conditional. And it fails to meet the agape love standards. Because now I got to be free from they're bothered if I do this and they're bothered if I do that. So God said, hey, I want you to look at it from this lenses. If, 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 if the only time you get love from them and if you're compliant, if you, if you stay bound to their conditions, that's not agape love. Because agape love is unconditional. So you're free to be who you are and grow in who you are in agape love. In the, in the world's culture, you're only, I, I only give you a break 
if you do the things that I think you should do, if you're compliant. You show up at every event, and if you don't show up at the event, I'm going to snap on you and say you don't care about us, right? Right? So if you, if you, don't, if you don't participate in the gift exchange, then you have no value, right? So, so I, was, I was just looking through that, um, and I realized, like, if we, if we are blind, we think we're, we're, we're pleasing them, but we're just being bound by them. Well, the adversary in them, because they, they, they don't know no better, right? And so I said, you know, we got to fight to see. We always talk about that at church, because if you could see, you would be free. Because remember, Eve was free. The adversary tempted her to blindness. She thought she was bound and that she would eat the fruit to be free. But the fruit, compliant to eating the fruit, really was setting her up to be bound. She was already free. See, so the adversary's job is to get us blind, thinking we're not free. We don't have enough. So he offers us things that relieves us in the moment, but handcuffs us for years. You see that? So you see, if you could see, you'd be free. Because you would see you, would all, you was already free before you started to uh, be accepted by them. Conform to them. Prove yourself to them. You was okay. You had a certain way you flow. You, you might have had a certain intelligence. Maybe had a certain way you operated in a school. You remember how he's rolling? You know, but now we think uh, somebody labels us, oh, you just a nerd. Now you're like, okay, I'm a nerd? Oh, oh man, so I got, what do I do? What do I do not to be a nerd? So somebody just labeled you because they, they was afraid to tell you what you really are. You're a genius. And you're intimidating them because you pick up quicker than they do. But instead of telling you that, they got to find something wrong with you. Yeah. Look at that. Keith with the glasses. Keith with the glasses. Because they just called me Keith with the glasses when I was real young. Right? You know, Keith with, the, Keith with the glasses. Keith with the glasses. I'm Keith wearing glasses now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, or, or, or somebody walk up to you and go, well, the other thing was, you know, when I was younger, my hair was smaller, but my lips were bigger than the, 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 <laughs> with the radius of my head, right? Yeah, you said the ratio was off? Yeah. So I have big lips, right? Well, they're still pretty good size there. But guess what? God gave them to me for my, for my design. So I should be okay with that. So, so people are, get you to think you're not okay. Now they get you bound by what they say is okay, which is never enough. You can't buy enough stuff to, to, to be satisfied because everything you buy is temporary, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I ain't saying what y'all buying because y'all going to start getting mad at me after a while, right? right? But y'all know the stuff that you buy to, to fit in with them, right? Do I got to go through the list? Or y'all going to give me some amens here? Y'all, what are we doing right now, right? 
Yeah, just get the amen so I don't have to go to the list. Now, now the people that ain't buying nothing to enhance themselves, they're like, give us the list, give us the list. <laughs> get them, get them, Pastor. Ed was one of them. I just stay. Ed Bobbitt, just let y'all know. Get them. But what I'm saying is, but if you think about it, you bound now because you keep spending money to keep keeping up because all that stuff is temporary and you got to keep getting new things because your, your body is aging or changing. So every time your body changes, you got to buy something else. It's not permanent. It can't be permanent because it's not alive. Your body is alive. It's going to constantly go through living changes. You put something on you that's limited and bound. So you got to keep purchasing other things to try to keep up with your body that's alive, that's changing. It just sets you up. Now you're bound to keep purchasing stuff to be approved by them when you were already approved by God. Okay. All right. That's I used to tell uh, when I work with youth, I said, don't be making uh, uh, permanent commitments for temporary situations. You know, like you're in high school, like you, 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 you making commitments, you just setting yourself up to get your heart broke because that person's going to change. Their preferences are going to change. <laughs> you might not want to commit, <laughs> right? Right. Then you, you know, you get, we, we do all types of piercings, tattoos and stuff like that. You're going to change. You're going to look in the mirror and go, I did that. <laughs> Some of you are looking at old pictures going, I wore that. Some of us, I, I look at stuff like, I wore the hat. Wow, what was you thinking there, brother? <laughs> right? You know, you know what I'm saying? So what was I doing? I was committing to something. I was going to constantly change. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so stay with me. Stay with me here. All right. So, so to, to break through, uh, to be loose from bondage, to walk in liberty, we go through stages. So, of course, the first stage is where we allow ourselves to be bound, right? The first stage is what? Allow yourself to be bound. So that's the first stage is bondage, right? Now, so when, so, so when we're broke out of bondage because we come to God, we want to be free, right? Gerard, you came to the Lord because you want to be free, right? Once was bound, but now you're free, right? Right? You know, we sing those songs and quote those things, right? Right, Ty? You know, you most was bound. He's out there, you know, wilding out, you know, a thug, right? But you wanted to be free, right? <laughs> come on, man. Use the thug, man. Just, just face it. He's a thug, man. You know, BC days, man. You know, you overcome them by the word of your testimony, man. Come on, brother. You know, you ain't going to tell it, I'll tell it for you, right? You ain't alone. You ain't alone. You ain't alone, right? You know, I wasn't a, 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 a pleasant character to be around myself, right? All right, so, 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 but this is, this is, this is what's tough. When we're come to the Lord and we're set free, we're free physically. Right? So when you first started doing right, you physically was maybe not in the proximity of some things. But you was harboring the training that you got when you was a thug. I'm just helping you out. You was. You, you don't want me to bring a witness, do you? I got a witness right here, right next to you. I, I give it a mic. You know, there's a mic right there. <laughs> right? So you was carrying around some stuff that was getting on everybody's nerves. It wasn't on purpose. On purpose. You know, but you was, right? So, I, so was I, right? Why not? You know, I, uh, we first, uh, uh, first encounter, I'm at her apartment. I may have told, I'm sure I've told the story before. And so I'm talking to her. And then I would go to look out the window. And I'm talking to her. Then I would go look out the window. Then she was like, so what are you doing? 
I said, well, I was just going checking on my car. And soon as I said it, I said, wow. So it was something that had been a habit for years. You know, standing in the high rise, I'd be talking, we'd be talking. I'd go out, look, see my car still out there. You know what I'm saying? Because my car had been stolen four times. I only had it for, uh, uh, I had it for three years. I drove it for a full year. Brand new car when I bought it. I only got to drive it for a year even though I was paying a note. Because they stole it four times. You know, one time I was in the movies, came out, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was the parking space. You know, because if you ever, if you never experienced this before, it really throw you off, like, you know, because you walk out, we, you at the movies. Actually, the family came in town. We're in the suburbs, you know, uh, Montclair, New Jersey. You know, we, we, so walk out. We laughing, joking, great movie. As a matter of fact, I think back then we went to see Eddie Murphy. We laughing and come out. Didn't I park my car right here? And so the, the reality hits you, car is gone. You got to catch a right, catch a stomach. You got to do something to get home, but you ain't getting home with that car. It's another reality hit me. I pay a note. Somebody else is driving my car. Now, I'm saying it real nice right now, but I wasn't saying it nice at the time. I'm like, oh, so I pay a note. You just going to take my car. I, I cursed back then. You know, I'm like, are we serious? You just going to take my car. Now, I, I went through this like four times. Right? So, so now what? I'm bringing that in. I start buying her stuff. I was like, oh, no, no, I got I to gotta tone that down. She's going to think it's always going to be like that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nobody else responded but Tanya. Tanya was like, right. What's wrong with that, brother? <laughs> right, but, that's what, but what was I doing? Oh, I don't want her to take advantage of me. Is it based on her? It can't be based on her. I just met her. It's based on what? What I brought in my head that I'm no longer with. I'm not, I'm, so I'm, physically I'm not bound. I'm not even in a situation no more. But I'm carrying it around with me as a fugitive in my mind. So I'm actually free on the outside, but still bound on the inside. So God understands that. So you know what he takes us to? The wilderness. So the next stage after bondage is wilderness. Now, see, we think something wrong with that, though, because we're just happy to be free, right? When I'm free, what is, why is it so boring? Why is it, why? <laughs> something needs to be happening, man. Something not, something, I mean, I'm, I'm with God now, James. Minister James, something should be happening now. Why? Look, look, I look over there. Uh, every time I turn around, uh, 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 something happening with David. You know, something happened with the whole family. You know, T Tiana's spinning around and getting all excited. You know, come on, y'all stand in your feet. Like, you know, everything, what, what's going on? Something should be happening. Right? No, 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 no. You, we, see, if everything starts happening right away, we're going to destroy it anyway. You know why? Because we brought along a fugitive. We brought along, so we, we brought along all the stuff we used to do. 
We, we got it in a mental flash drive. We carried it around everywhere we go. And just point it out on everything that God exposes us to. Right? So we broke the computer or destroyed the computer or removed ourselves from the site. But we carrying around the site in our mind. We carrying around to the job, carrying around in the mall, because we haven't allowed the wilderness to flush that mess out. All right? You got me so far. First stage bondage, second stage wilderness. Oh, no, that's not me. That's not just, that's Bible. They were delivered from bondage. Where is the next place they went? To the wilderness. The next place they went. Look at this. For Jesus, he was bound because he was deity being in this earth realm. But he allowed himself to be flesh to live under the same bondages as us. Restrictions and limits as we did. He had to believe God to supersede the laws of this world. Right? Jesus passed the test. Right? This is my son who I'm well pleased. So now he's delivered from the bondage. As soon as God's endorsed him, next thing happened is what? Go right to the wilderness. We're trying to skip, skip the wilderness. The wilderness is not bad. The wilderness is make, making sure the, the promised land ain't temporary. That's all it is, is making sure the promised land ain't temporary. Skip the wilderness. You may get to the promised land, but you won't be there long because you brought along all of what you used to do. You brought that flash drive with you. And it's going to spill out on your promises. It's going to spill out on your relationships. It's going to spill out on everything. That's what's happening to people. Listen, y'all, don't trip because, man, you know, they came to the church. They got breakthrough. They was delivered from bondage. What happened? What happened? They skipped the wilderness. Not because they're evil, because was, nobody, they felt that I, I dealt with enough. Free means free. Why am I dealing with this, this, this wilderness part? They didn't know that God was trying to make sure the promised land wouldn't be temporary. All right, you got, you got it? So, so, so after you go through the wilderness, then it's the promised land, and you're truly operating in liberty. See, the wilderness purges the bonds that are in our mind. They purge the bonds that are in our mind. Like right now, we can, oh, we keep going to, to, to new venues, but we're still taking around the flash drive because we won't embrace the wilderness. When you can't sit still, you don't want to embrace the wilderness. You don't want to let it take the purge what's in you. So what you do is you, you uh, simulate like everything's all good. And the, dangerous, the most dangerous people in the body of Christ are salespeople. Now, now, some people are professional salespeople, and some people have been selling all their life. You know, you got unprofessional and professional. They're still selling. So what they do is they make the next new thing sound good. They've convinced you because they're supposed to, they're supposed to use that influence to draw people into the kingdom. But they're using it to go to the next thing. So every level they go to, it makes it sound good. But it's always temporary because guess what? They're carrying around that flash drive. And some of us are aiding and abetting. We know good and well that person has not purged all that stuff in their mind. So they're just taking it to the next thing. 
So it's going to start out. It was a honeymoon stage. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. Don't get mad. God gives us advanced information. It's going to be a honeymoon stage, right? It's going to be going well for a few weeks. I'll give you maybe even a month. And then default going to kick back in because the flash drive is still in there. And you're going to find yourself right back in the same situation. You're going to be frustrated. How did I get here again? Why did I allow this to happen? Why didn't I tell them the truth? Why didn't I just assist them and stand in the wilderness, right? Then, you know, you're going to get through that. The person's going to go through. They're going to talk brokenness because they're free from the bondage again, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to get a great testimony, right? Because they're free from the bondage, right? As soon as the wilderness kick in, they're going to get antsy, right? And they're going to figure a way around the wilderness, sell their way out, find themselves right back in the same situation then. Rinse and repeat. You see that? And that's not me putting nobody down. That's like, hey, guess what? Revelation. This is what's happening. Now, we'd be a fool to keep going to the, and Sandy's doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. It's okay. Embrace the wilderness. It's trying, listen, listen you're not depressed. It's the wilderness. You're not depressed. God's trying to get something out of you. So when he gets, see, what you got is cool. It's cool. You got a good job, right? You got a good job. Got a good job. You got some nice things, right? Right? You're no longer doing what you was doing before. You are satisfied with what you're doing. The reason why you're going through the wilderness is so God could be satisfied. Oh, he has much more than this. Much, much more than this. Right? But you got to go deeper. Right, see, I slipped a song in there. Like, much more than this. Right, I just spent deeper. Don't you sing that song? <laughs> right? Mm. All right. So, Hebrews 12, right? Y'all with me so far? Now, the guy that's trying to help us, at the herd cleaners, he was like, you know, the, the Lord has to give pastor a word for us. To get somewhere, right? Then, then, then the Lord, then the Lord use your sister, right? We trying to get something, right? We ain't just showing up. We trying to get out of this thing and stay out, right? Ain't that right, Gerard? We trying to stay out, <laughs> right? Because after a while, you get worn out going back and forth, right? Don't you? Now you get worried. Yeah, you're, you're, you're out of the wilderness, into the wilderness. Out of the wilderness, into the wilderness. Don't you want to just keep on going through and just live in the promised land? Right? Because even in the promised land, they was dealing with attack, but they was almost sneezing at the attacks because they were fortified. <laughs> in the wilderness, you don't sneeze at the attacks. You concerned. <laughs> right? In bondage, you can't do nothing about the attack. You beat down because you're restricted. It's like somebody punching you and you can't move your arm. Right? So, I, <laughs> so Hebrews 12. So this is going to help us, right? And this is why we're going through this wilderness process. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So I got to be patient in the wilderness but, but, but because the wilderness is helping us to purge these weights, these things that, that, these things that are depressing us. You, you ever feel 
things are going pretty decent in your life, but you feel depressed. So that means there's something that has not been removed. Let the wilderness purge it out of your system. See, the only reason you're worried about the the, the depression, because you think you've done enough. But the depression is letting you know you you haven't gone deeper, deeper. (laughs) This can't be it. God is so much better than this. (laughs) Right? So, but you got to go deeper, right? (laughs) Right? Look, look, we can't carry the cares. We got to cast them. See, like I'm saying, we're bringing all these other things into the equation. Right? As as Miesha was saying, we're thinking too much. So, we're carrying cares around in a flash drive in our head. But the Bible says, cast your cares, don't carry them. 1 Peter, 1, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, humble yourself on the side of God, you be exalted to do something. But it says, cast your cares on him. Yeah. Don't carry your cares. Like we're bringing the cares around. Why? Like why, why would you want to go through stuff that created cares? You're in the wilderness to get rid of the cares, but you're trying to, reject the wilderness to hold on to the cares to take them into the promised land? You ever see people at, at, at finally cross over the things they want, but they can't enjoy them? You know why? Because they're carrying around that flash drive. They sabotage every level they go to, every relationship that they're in, right? Because they're in their head. God sent them everything they needed to have, but that's not enough because they couldn't stand the wilderness. So they, so they don't cross over into the promised land. So, so people achieve uh, uh, levels that they never thought possible only to crash because they carried the cares to every level when the wilderness would have purged them. All right? So we, if, we, if we take a note from the Asia, let's get out of our head. All right? Or Matthew 6 says, take no thought. <laughs> Right? It's just take no thought. It's, it's take no thought saying. <laughs> right? Because, because a thought unspoken dies unborn. So take no thought saying. It's, 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 uh, it's Matthew 6, 19. Take no thought. You know, I think it's, uh, I know it was verse 31, another verse 20 something. Take no thought. It keeps saying take no thought. How are you going to eat, sleep? Take no thought. It says, it says, I know you have needed these things that you've been taking thought for. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Set your affections on him. Keep your mind stayed on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. But take no thought, right? Don't, don't build a care based on the data on a flash drive that you injected in your computer and it created a virus in your mind, right? You see that? He said, no, no, no. See, you carrying around a virus. Let the wilderness burn that thing out of you. Burn. Let it burn. <laughs> right? Right? See, you have to realize when, you, when we cross over into this level of liberty, fear can't even stop liberty. That's why the Bible says God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, look, sound mind, clear thinking mind. That's a careless mind. There's no cares in there. You can't even receive the revelation of God because you walk in church with all the, with all, with that flash drive in your head. 
Then you come to me, hey, so so I got this situation, and just can I get some wisdom? And I'm looking at you, you know, with that Jersey look. Was you at service? Uh, Sunday? Uh, yeah, I was at service. Wait, you know we talked about this at service. Well, you know, this, that, that. No, you brought cares in. And it intercepted the signal so you didn't absorb the information. Right? Which, which one, which here is that? Is that a, uh, you got the superficial here, you got the unresponsive here, or you got the, uh, what's, what's the distract, preoccupied here. That's it. Mark chapter four, right? Preoccupied here. So you let the cares of the world, the seedfulness of riches, lust of other things enter in and choke the word and becomes unfruitful. So you're like, uh, I'm getting the word, I'm getting the word. Do you understand? At, at some level, the devil don't want to get you to get the word. But, but at a level where now you, it's your default, he don't care if you get the word as long as it's not fruitful. And long as you bring in that flash drive, cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things on that flash drive, enter into the word, it'll choke the word and you won't get no fruit. So I don't understand why it's not happening. You bringing the cares with you? As me, as you said, you're in your head. You got that flash drive with you. Are you, are, you can't sit still in the wilderness. So what you're doing is extending your boredom. If you just sit still, go through your process, you're going to end up in the promised land and fulfilled. But, you, but you're running. You keep running. Moving target. It's constantly running. Right, so so the scripture says this, um, that he gives us the strength that we need. Right, um, so so the scripture says, uh, lest I should be exalted through the abundance of revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. So I know a lot of stuff now, right? But there was given me this messenger to purge out anything that, 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 that'll stop me from processing it right. So Paul said, I besought the Lord thrice, remove this from me. So this is what we're doing. We're, we're looking for relief because we don't understand why this stuff is happening because I'm in the word, I'm doing the things I'm doing. So, so we're, we're asking the Lord, remove this from me, renew this from me. The Lord is saying, we're not hearing, but the Lord is saying, my grace is sufficient. In your time of weakness, all this is doing is... is taking out the strength that's attached to the cares. You're giving the care strength. So, the, so what I have to do is break you down so now you can't feed the cares. So now once I break you down in your time of weakness, I kick in and I'm strong and I flush out the cares. See, th- see that's like the tares growing with the wheat. See, the, the scripture says, uh, don't remove the tares from the wheat. Don't remove the weeds from the fruit. He said, because if you rip them away, you're going to damage the fruit. He says, let them grow together. In the harvest, when harvest comes, the wheat will be so strong that the weeds or the tares will fall away during the harvest time. Put the sickle in, we'll take the weeds and we'll burn them. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, in your time of weakness, I'm strong. What he's saying is, just let me grow in you. Sit still. Stop panicking. Sit still. Let me grow in you. Embrace the wilderness. 
as, as I grow in you, as, as the wilderness burns all of your strength, your will, so it can release my spirit in you, oh, that'll flush away all that noise, all that stuff that's depressing you now, all the things that are, uh, seem like you can't shake. You ain't, you, you're not standing in the fire long enough. Let it burn, right? Stay in the fire. But you all over the place. <laughs> like you all, no, 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 let it burn, right? Let that wilderness purge that stuff out of you, right? See, if we, if we take courage, if we operate in courage and a knowing, we'll live free. See, weak courage runs back to childhood, high school, you know, how I used to be, you know, we run back to old relationships where people really, so it's one of the things uh, uh, I learned in the hood, uh, people created what they call family, right? And so what it was is it was exploiting people that were, had a void of family. And so, so on the front end, honeymoon stage, I'll give you things and I'll, 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 I'll be there for you. On the back end, I can control you because you're going to feel like, like, like I'm your family and you owe me something. So now I have you bound. Because you, so even when you're trying to move, I'm not going to say at first loud, but I'll present something like, oh, so after I was there for you, now you, I'm not, we're not good enough for you. We was good enough when you were going through stuff, right? But if I really loved you, I'm, I'm helping you get on your feet and I'll be like, hey, hey. Do your thing. You see what I'm saying? But so it's a setup. So now we, we, we're in all these compromising situations, compromised relationships. We keep running back to them. We're carrying them around. That's a flash drive. We're carrying around. We want the new, but we're carrying around the old. When the scripture says, forget all the things that are behind you and press toward the mark of the prize. But we hanging on to that because we don't think nobody else is going to like us. So we still stuck to what we should have let go a long time ago. Right? Let, let God purge it out of us. We're still trying to, okay, we're still trying to do the same dream another way. As opposed to putting that thing in the fire and let God give you what he has for you. We're still doing the same thing. We're still trying to make it right. Because we can around with a flash drive instead of embracing what God has for us. Right? That weak courage runs back to those things. Greatness flows ahead. See, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, but a double-minded man is bound. We always say too much analysis leads to paralysis. In basketball, we say study long, study wrong. The thing about basketball is quick recognition. It's all about every sport is quick recognition, recognizing the best opportunity. But, but you don't have time to be thinking through. I was talking to a, 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 a good friend of mine who's an athlete, and I was, I was trying to help him with another situation, so I used sports. I said, think about it. Sometimes you're frustrated with this person because they, they, they're not recognizing as quick as you, so you're impatient. You're like, what's wrong with you? Can't you see this? I said, but you were trained you, you don't have a job if you don't recognize quickly. 
that person hasn't been in that situation, so you got to be patient with them as they discover how to have quick recognition also. But that's kind of what it's about. It's about recognizing opportunities quick. Sometimes we frustrate, like, you can't see that? No, they can't see it because they weren't trained with that type of insight yet. You got, they got to go through their process too. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and so this is what's happening. Like, we, we, God is trying to get us to these places, but we got to go through the, a process. God needs us to be free in faith so we can flow with his, how he wants things to go. Right? See, this type of faith... These type of faith steps can be lonely because you got to go through the wilderness process, right? Let me see. Let's look here at Romans 8. Now, now so Romans 8, I'm, I'm going to just prelude this with time's up. Um, so I'm going to have to you know, wind this down. So Romans 8, it, it talks about the, the, the battle between a carnal mind and the spirit of your mind, right? To be carnally minded is death. So when I'm bound by the flesh, I'm going to be, de- you know, it's just death. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up, right? So we call that the worldly Christian, right? Does that make sense? All right, so it goes through that, but then, it's, then it starts to get into what we're going to go through. Now, Romans 7 says, things I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. So I'm bound, right? Like, I'm not making my own moves, right? It's Romans 7, right? Then Romans 8 just talks about that, that carnal, that fleshly mind, right? But then it starts to get into the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So it's giving you encouragement. It's saying, so this wilderness that you're going through is not worthy to be compared to the promise that I'm sending you to. So it's basically saying embrace the wilderness. Then it says here, let me tell you why. After verse 18, verse 19 says, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get through the wilderness to get into the promised place so now we can show people how to be free and, 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 and we're in position to assist people in being free, Right? Because when you've come out of darkness into the marvelous light, you can show somebody else into the light, right? Right? And that's, that's uh, verse 19, right? There's the earnest expectation of the creatures waiting for, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, right? It says for uh, verse 20, Romans 8, 20, it says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, being born in this world, vain, right? Um, so that's why we focus on worrying all the time because we're vain. We're, we're thinking about us and how we're processing things, right? It says, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. You know, the adversary, you know, just bound folk. And then verse 21 says, but the creature itself also shall be delivered, look, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And it says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together to down. That's birth-like pain trying to break into the promised land, but going through the, the pains of the wilderness. So there's a, there's a travailing going on. That, 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 that woman gets to birth a child, but she's go, she ain't skipping the travail. 
The saints have been carrying the child for nine months. Well, 40 weeks, however, however it is, you know. You understand what I'm saying? So, so it's a process there, right? And so God is, is, is I'm, I'm going to kind of end on this. God is, uh, God is trying to get us to operate in liberty so now we can have the courage to be what he originally designed. It takes courage. It takes courage to embrace the wilderness because you're going to have a bunch of people tempting to you to go, well, why are, you, why are you embracing that? Go do this. Why you ain't doing this? And why you ain't doing that? Well, why are you doing Listen, your wilderness is your wilderness. You know what I'm saying? Embrace the process because it's really trying to just snatch out all that data that's keeping you bound. So at this level, we sit in church. You, you got to stop blaming the devil now. We binding ourselves. Some of us are binding ourselves because I don't want to really confess that. Z said, preach. <laughs> right, just make sure y'all get all the information. <laughs> right, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so now, uh, now we did the, the, the message on the wilderness, the wilderness test. We've taught on wilderness a thousand times. Maybe we'll teach on it again. But you're not depressed. It's not boring. It's purging. Right? Because you keep saying what you want and God keeps putting you in position, but you don't think you, do, you should be in a position because you got stuff. You're doing stuff. Uh, you come to church. Wonderful. That still doesn't mean you ain't carrying around that file. So what you so what you the part you don't like is getting around getting out what God doesn't like. God's like, we're not taking that in there. So so you so put it this way. You're free from bondage, you're walking around the airport. You're in the airport. You walk around the airport. Stop to get you something to eat, everything's doing fine. Right? Now you you want to go into the terminal. So they tell you to take off your shoes, you're dropping everything on the conveyor belt. You know, if you pass the mail, they, you're going to put your hands up and they're going to say, uh, ma'am, <laughs> happens almost every time. This, this, this trip, they're checking our luggage twice. <laughs> like, like, so she's she laughing now. Like me, I'm just chilling. I just go, well, I'm used to it. I'm like, well. But guess what? She has to go through that process. Right? She has to go there. Right? Because they're like, they're making sure, oh, you can't take nothing into the promised land. If it looked like there's a possibility of something that's going to mess you up, going to mess up the flight. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going through this bag. We're checking out. If we got to take you to a special room to strip you down and expose you, to find out what you carry that you don't know you have. Right? That you don't even know you had. You ever go through the check and they be like, I'm not. and you had something you didn't know you had? So they stopped us the first time because they tell you, hey, if you have any electronic devices, 
pull them out and put them on the thing. So she was, you know, because she was going in another venue, she made sure she, she carried her little uh, speaker with her so when she was singing, she can get the sound she wanted. But she forgot about it. It was in a suitcase. So the guy said, we said electronic devices. devices. But she wasn't trying to not, she wasn't trying to hide it. She didn't realize she had it. I didn't think of it as electronic. She didn't. Oh, thank, thank you. She's helping the sermon. She said, look, she didn't think of it as electronic. I didn't. Just like we don't think we carry around something that we, we carry. What's wrong with this? Oh, no, you can't take that to that level. But this has been with me for a long time. It's really no big deal. I'm used to it now. Appreciate you used to it. Appreciate you used to carrying it. But if you want to go where we're taking you, this can't go with you. Hey, they can't go with you. Dumb can't go with you. Oh, you can't work there ever again. Matter of fact, you got to change your whole paradigm shift. You can't even be in that. I, I don't even know why you're even working in those, that department because I never sent you there. But to go where we're going, all of what you found another way to do, what we're telling you, you got to stop doing it, period. You're just doing the same thing a different way. So you're still carrying stuff. Not accepted in the promised land. Beep, beep. Yeah, but you got all types of things going. Hey, they, 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 you getting wanded. Beep, 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 beep. Wait, what? I ain't had no surgery or nothing like that. Oh, yeah, somebody implanted something in you that you didn't know was in you, and it's throwing off the signal. So sorry, until we get that done, you, you, ever, you ever seen people get sent back? You ain't going through. You ever seen people get arrested? So they were already bound, and they got double bound. Do you ever see people throw away stuff? And they don't even, like, ask no questions. They be like, oh, no, you can't take that. That has to go in the garbage. And you ever see people start to talk to them? Well, you know, I paid, you know, this is, this is expensive perfume. Well, if you would have read the scripture, this ain't allowed. So because you didn't read, you cost yourself your expensive whatever perfume. All right? All right. That's enough for today. Uh, <laughs>